Hi, I'm Melissa. Hi, I'm Kara, and you're listening to Cultivated Conversations. A space where we talk about life, family, work, where we're getting it right, and where we're getting it wrong. And what it means to live and purchase ethically in a fast-moving world. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, pull a seat up at the table, and know that wherever you are on your journey, you belong, and we are so glad you've joined us. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm jumping in at the beginning here. I don't usually do this, but I wanted to just give a little preface to why we're talking about consignment again. Lauren is our guest today, and she is the owner of one of my favorite vintage consignment shops here in Tulsa, the Sobo. I've wanted her to be on the show for a long time. And when we recorded this show, we recorded it back in the spring We recorded it, and then I thought, I don't want to just throw this out to my listeners on its own. I wanted it to be in a series, and that is really how we came up with this consignment vintage swap kind of series that we're in right now. And so you're going to hear us talk about some spring styles. That's why. is because we recorded this back in the spring. Also, about 10 minutes into the show you will start hearing a little bit from my daughter, Finney. When we recorded this, Finney had just come home from India, and so she was connected to my hip, and I wasn't able to step away to record with Lauren. So I even, I left a few of her little cuteness in there, but tried to take as much out as possible. And she was in that beginning phase, and so she was copying everything I was saying. So I hope that just is a little treat of momness for this ethical mom podcast. So without further ado, here's my interview with Lauren from Sobo. All right, well, welcome back to the podcast. This is Kara, your host today. And on the podcast today, we have Lauren and she is the owner of Sobo, a consignment store here in Tulsa. And if you've listened to the podcast very much, you know I shop there and always tell you about the things that I find. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you for having me, Kara. Start out and tell us a little bit about your store, how you guys got Mm -hmm. started, and just how you personally got into consignment shopping and all that. Yeah, they're kind of the same story. So in college, I started working just kind of on the side like one day a week. Uh, for a woman who used to own a designer consignment operation in Tulsa. And like somewhere, like a couple years later, um, her and her partner decided they were going to be moving out of the country. And so, yeah, I just had, I fell in love with consignment working for her. And I had always loved shopping vintage, but had never considered doing it myself because I am a math major. um, I love that about your story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) right like how did a girl studying math become a a fashion person (laughs) yes I love it I Um, remember when you told me that I was like math okay (laughs) I I still do it part-time and I love having like both of those sides of my brain working all the time sometimes it's hard to switch to like the creative from working on a data project and vice Uh versa but usually it's good Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, well, so we, um, initial plan was to 
by the business I had been working for. And it just became clear that that wasn't like a good decision for us financially Mm -hmm. because we were already planning to like in addition to buying the company, like invest like a ton in marketing and rebranding and a retail location and all this stuff. And um, just with that added to like the cost of acquiring. Yeah, yeah, Charlie and I were just sitting there one evening and we were like, I don't want to let this go, um, but it's not going to work this way. So like, what are our options? And so we just decided that night that we were going to start a store and came up with a name that night, I think. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, we're like, OK, well, because we had been researching spaces like while we were in the negotiation process. And so we already knew what neighborhood we were going to be in, um, which was the like South Boston Sobo area of Tulsa. Uh-huh. So we just decided, okay, well, why don't we just name it after the neighborhood and name it Soboco, the South Boston company. So it just, it was very quick. (laughs) Yeah. So from that decision that night until you opened the store, how long was that? Oh gosh, not long at all. Like maybe a couple weeks. Um, so I know, right? We I met um, we met the landlord of the property we were looking at. I had a couple friends that were looking to get rid of clothes, and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll just take everything that you want to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, I'll just take it off your hands. You'll be my first two consigners. Yeah, we just started out with like a handful of pieces and like three handmade racks, and that was it. Yeah, super quick turnaround. <laughs> How long ago was that? So that was about two years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we were in that space for a year and we decided that it just wasn't the right space for retail. Um, And so we started looking for other properties and we decided on uh, Route 66. So we moved there about a year ago and we just celebrated our year anniversary. I love that. (laughs) So I get this question from a lot of my friends when they're asking me, okay, how do you thrift? How do you consign? How do you find used items? And what I find is most of my friends don't know the difference between thrifting and consigning, consignment shopping. Yeah, yeah. Can I put you on the spot? Could you kind of explain how you see a difference there? I know there is, but. Yeah, so a, a store like Goodwill, which I most people would think of as like a typical thrift store. Mm -hmm. They rely solely on donations. Uh, So they they don't really have someone like going through items with a lot of scrutiny, I guess. (laughs) So you kind of go and you dig through. Or looking at the tags. Yeah. um, You dig through a ton of inventory. You could have like someone's old swimsuit that's never been washed but then also stumble upon like a collector's yeah tommy hilfiger t-shirt you know you just never know it's such a mixed bag and we have so many people come into sobo and they always say you know i wish i would have known about you a month ago i just gave three trash bags of designer clothing to goodwill oh (laughs) you're like ah yeah, why Yay did you for do that? Goodwill, but <laughs> <laughs> whereas stores like Sobo or strictly vintage store like Cheap Thrills here in Tulsa uh-huh. or any other consignment store in the U.S., um, it's a lot more curated. 
Mm-hmm. So there's usually one or two people at Sobo, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Um, going through every single item and I decide, you know, is it in good condition? Does it fit our style? Do I think it has a lot of longevity? Like, will it last much longer? You know, mm-hmm. we don't yeah. buy a lot of like Forever 21 pieces. No offense to Forever 21. Right. Um, like their stuff is really cute, but you really can only get one wear out of it. Yeah. Um, so you come into Sobo and it's a more limited selection, more mm-hmm. cohesive, and hopefully a little easier to sift through. That's what I've told a lot of my friends. You're going to go to the thrift store and you're going to go through, a, you know, five or six racks and find a couple of pieces that you want to try on. But a consignment right. store, you're, they've already sifted yeah. through them for you. Yeah. How I pitch it to first-time shoppers is it's it's kind of like you're going to a vintage store, but instead of having to dig to find the good pieces, mm-hmm. we've already done that for you. Well, for our listeners, when they're going out, they're consignment shopping, which is a great consignment <laughs> shopping, thrift shopping, swapping. Those are great ways to stay Um, If you're looking to, you don't want to go the fast fashion route, you want Mm. to um, not send your money to these companies that maybe you don't agree with their ethics, but you want to, you can't afford the, it just can be a more affordable way to shop ethically. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, affordable (laughs) money wise, but also time wise, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you can... It's expensive to shop companies that you know and that advertise as ethical Mm -hmm. shopping options. And if you want to shop anywhere that doesn't advertise that they are an ethical uh, company, you have to do a lot of research into like where people are sourcing their materials and where are they having things made and like who has time to do that (laughs) right (laughs) and when you shop at a local thrift store or vintage consignment store um you're supporting a local business Mm -hmm. and not a company um and you know that that it's going to be ethical yeah and it's going to be affordable and it's i don't know in my mind it's like the easiest way to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I and I tell a lot of my friends too like you are probably shopping more ethical than you think you are because I know you're consign consignment shopping, I know you're thrift shopping, and I know you're mending and reusing your clothes and yeah. But as folks are going out consignment shopping, can you give us a few tips on good strategy or just tips for consignment shopping? Yeah, absolutely. I wrote them down because (laughs) I knew I would have trouble thinking of them in the moment. Um, So my first one would definitely be um, to know what you're shopping for specifically. Um, Mm -hmm. Unless you're going out on like a casual, fun, vintage shopping, outing with friends. Um, It really helps to know what piece you need in your wardrobe or even more specifically like what color and cut and what designer like if you want vintage or you know because sometimes you can spend like way too much time uh in a space because you don't really have a game plan going in um or you can walk out with something that you didn't even plan to get (laughs) (laughs) 
which happens a lot at Sobo. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you walk out with a dress, but you really need jeans. And then you're like, yeah. okay, well, now I still have to look for jeans. Yeah. Um, and we have a lot of people that come in. They know right away, okay, I'm going to an event on Saturday. I need you to help me find a gown. Um, or... I really need to find some vintage high-waisted denim and that really helps me yeah um, as the store owner kind of better help them you know shop in my store Mm -hmm. which doesn't always have to be the case like if you're just into casual shopping then that's totally fine but yeah definitely having a plan yeah (laughs) if you're looking for something specific yeah I usually when I'm coming into Sobo I have my like shopping list stuff I know I need but if I'm going to your store I'm like I just want to go see what she has like yeah maybe I need a new fun item or and there's always something new which I feel so bad because I think I've made a lot of people late for work from their lunch breaks (laughs) because they come in and they get distracted or we get to talking about the new stuff that's in and yeah um I really don't mean to I just (laughs) That's kind of happens. <laughs> I think someone was late to their doctor's appointment one time. <laughs> oh, That's which awesome. Was probably really important. I hope she made it there okay. Yeah. <laughs> My next tip would be to know your your measurements, your specific measurements, but not necessarily get too hung up on the tag size. Um, right. Because every decade and every designer um, has a different sizing metric. So you just never know. Um, I mean, even current companies, like you might be a large at H&M, but you go to Loft and you're a small. So you really can't let yourself get too hung up on the fact that you're trying on a 12, but you're a 6. Um, yeah. Because you just, you never know. Which that's how I found that beautiful dress from your shop was someone yes. had told me to always look at sizes. You have your like regular size look below and above it always. So I had found, I was just skimming through and I looked at this fabric. It was beautiful and looked up. It's a size small dress and I wear a size large. Yeah. Uh, seamstresses are miracle workers. Um, yes. You just never know what you can do with a piece Um, because it might be the perfect piece for you and exactly what you're looking for, but just requires a little bit of time and money Mm -hmm. investment um, to make it work. So, Which is what we did with this dress is I tried it on. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I left for like a week and I searched the internet for a size large in that yep. dress and could not find I remember. it. Yeah. So I came back and I came out of the dressing room. And was like, Lauren, do, is there any way you think we could like get a tailor to make this fit me? And we did. And we did. So we have the Tulsa tailor at Sobo um, and she works with all of our clients and has like all of her own clients. She uh-huh. did all of the alterations for Saks Fifth Avenue. So in Tulsa, not in New York, although she could, she's that good, (laughs) but yeah, so you needed it shortened and then like let out on the sides and like the fabric, the amount of fabric she took off the bottom 
was like the perfect amount to just add like a couple inches on each side to the dress. It was amazing. was nuts. And we, I think I remember initially uh, you guys talked about adding like a panel of contrasting fabric or... Uh just a similar black and then she came in to show me the dress before you got there she goes lauren i don't know what i was thinking i just ended up using the fabric from the hem it was amazing amazing (laughs) and you could not tell you can't tell it blended perfectly i will show people when i wear it they're like oh my gosh i love your dress and i'm like oh let me tell you the story (laughs) (laughs) because it gets better (laughs) and one of my friends at work goes the perfect thing about that is it is still a size small. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they had to fit me in it. Still but... says small. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, and it like, it fit you pretty well. It was just the, that pesky little waist seam. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell my friends, I was talking to a friend just last week and she was like, you know, when I am trying to find jeans, and I'm at a consignment store. They just don't fit right. And she's like, they gap in the back. And I said, mm. well, you're probably just going to have to start thinking about thinking about it in a way. Could I have someone help me fit this on me better? Yeah. Can I find this, you know, if you're thrifting a $5 pair of pants and spend 25 30 bucks at a tailor and have them. Yeah. Which takes some forethought of, is this item going to be worth that to me in my closet and you still might end up spending less than if you purchased a new pair of jeans right which is always a good thing to think about because if you i mean if you really want a good pair of jeans that's going to last you a long time in a current style i recommend spending this might sound like way like an absurd amount of money but typically around like a hundred dollars like yeah a hundred to two hundred dollars otherwise they're just gonna stretch out and you're gonna get holes and um although I do have a a good friend who I think you know Michelle Nace Uh um who she has the worst luck with jeans she'll buy brand new pairs of like really nice jeans but she'll always end up like ripping the knees (laughs) oh goodness oh gosh I felt so bad for it we both bought the same pair of jeans from Reformation and like the first day she wore them she was getting out of her car and the jean just like ripped all the way through (laughs) oh my goodness and then I think it happened to the other one like the other leg during another wear (laughs) oh my goodness that's Uh, crazy I felt so bad and then I think I have like a couple more tips what are we Yeah. yeah vintage shopping tips oh um So there are a ton of resale or like consignment shopping apps and websites. uh And if you're going to tackle those, I usually recommend like picking just a few that you really like shopping with. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like checking eight different resale shopping platforms and trying to figure out how to shop all of them in the best way is a little time-consuming and ridiculous and so and can be really difficult do you have a few that you suggest i do um so for designer i really like the real real i think um what they do is incredible they've really made resale shopping 
like reliable and cool. And I like how they do, um, they compile style stories. So uh if like the big trend is pink, then on their homepage, they'll have a whole like inventory of items that are already filtered out for the color pink. So it's like really easy to shop via trend, but usually it's good to know like what designer you're looking for because it is a it's a lot of inventory even though it's curated still it's a lot to go through if you don't really know what you're looking for yeah I've had friends just waste hours of their lives on that (laughs) I go through phases where I uh download it and then I I'll just like scroll through it in the mornings or when I go to bed Uh and then I'm like okay this is ridiculous I don't need any of this and then I'll (laughs) delete it off my phone and it's like you know like I think in the spring I tend to download it and then (laughs) and then in the fall I'm like I just wasted a whole summer on the real real um (laughs) and then another one for vintage I really like is depop Uh uh-huh so the interface is very similar to Instagram like it's kind of a photo scrolling type thing and you can like and comment and um but you can bookmark pieces that you like and it's all individual sellers uh, but you can decide who you follow similar to instagram Um, so it's not as overwhelming and for me as the owner of soboco it's really good for me for like marketing Uh and photo inspiration it's such a cool creative community and like the pictures of the pieces are never boring it's never a straightforward like front side side back um, kind of thing it's more of an artistic community and so I really like using it to shop as well as getting like inspiration for photo shoots so and if you're looking for vintage denim that's definitely the place to go um it's individual sellers so it's not like thread up where they're you send it in and they right sort Um, through it yeah and the real real you send your pieces in if you're ever wanting to consign um so they manage all of the inventory but with depop it's kind of similar to poshmark Uh and that it's individual sellers so yeah, just being careful and um, making sure you read like reviews of the seller before uh-huh. you buy from them and stuff like that. And yeah, which I feel like you have to be careful with any any app that uses like individual sellers. Oh, for sure. I haven't had any trouble since I've been using it. I'm wearing a piece right now that I got from there um, <laughs> that I can finally wear because my hair is not white anymore. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I'm obsessed with it. Okay, any other tips? Ooh, I think I have two that kind of go together. So, like being prepared to recognize a good deal when you see it. So, kind uh-huh. of spur of the moment buying that you yeah. might not have planned on. But also, um, if you are looking for something specific, like knowing when to wait, because you might it might not be. I don't, you might not have been planning to get, you know, a vintage Diane von Furstenberg jumpsuit. Uh-huh. Um, but I found one in Cheap Thrills here in Tulsa. Uh-huh. And it was $7 because it was her half-off sale. Oh, and wow. it's like the most amazing, like, pink painter's jumpsuit from the 80s for $7. And I was That's like, awesome. That is a 
crazy deal and I'm not going to pass that up. Yeah. And I'm just going to wear the heck out of it. But if I, if you're looking for something more specific, like, you know, I want a Gucci belt. Everyone wants a Gucci belt right now. Kind of knowing when to pass up on offers because they're still really expensive um, or they might not be real. Um, so I think having patience for investment pieces like that or uh-huh. just things that are harder to find is really important because it's going to be worth it to find yeah. like the right one. Now, you work with a lot of consigners coming into the store. Do you have any one or two tips for our listeners on when they're bringing in clothes to consign? Yes. So I think I say this with a caveat that I don't actually spend a lot of time like thinking about this. Um, I don't like steam about it at night. Um, (laughs) But I think just taking the time to go through your pieces and just check for like holes, stains, like wear and tear that can't be fixed is really Uh important because I don't mind going through pieces and looking for that, but I can't take those you know like if it has a giant stain like right on the front and it's been like that for a while chances are I'm not going to be able to get it out or it's not going to be worth the cost to me or like just little holes or sweaters that are pilling you know just those little signs of wear that people it just puts people off from buying so Uh I can't take them even if I wanted to Um, So just looking for those signs and then it's so hard because we are so emotionally attached to our clothes. But I think just realizing that like even though I might love this sweater more than life itself, um, (laughs) it might not be the best fit whether it's style wise or just because of it being too worn. It just might not be great for the store. I'm taking it to. It's so hard, yeah. Usually yeah. people walk away from Sobo like not being upset. Like I try to explain like why I'm not taking certain pieces uh-huh. and I'm really careful not to use language like, oh, well, it's just a horrible shirt, you know? <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I can never imagine you saying that. <laughs> uh, and, some peop- and some businesses aren't that um explanatory yeah yeah they're uh not tactful or they just don't even tell you like you drop off three trash bags at a place and they take five things and you get a check for two dollars and you know no one comes out and says okay this is how we price things and this is why we're giving you two dollars right um yeah so like not every place is going to do that for you so i think just trying to trying not to be like too injured by that experience yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't work for the place you're taking it to initially it, it might work for somewhere else or mm-hmm. you know what it's really not the worst thing if you have to donate it because you know you can write it off on your taxes and um, yeah. someone who can't afford to shop at expensive clothing stores might find that someday and um, it might be their new favorite piece. Yeah. So I think just realizing that, like, yes, the best case scenario is that I sell all of the things I'm bringing and everyone loves them just as much as I do, but that might not always be the case. Yeah. So it's hard, though. It's so hard. Even I 
get offended sometimes when like I take my pieces somewhere else uh-huh. <laughs> and they're like well we couldn't take any of this and I'm like are you insane <laughs> yeah I've done that a few times and been like I just outgrew it it's perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then now I tell myself okay this is not a judgment against me if they don't take my items or against yeah. my style or and it might just be like the person looking through your clothes it might not be their personal preference, which mm-hmm. stinks. I'm guilty of it sometimes. More so on the reverse end of it. Like, usually I take things that aren't going to sell because I love them so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, it might just be that one girl working at Plato's Closet um, doesn't like red. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's helpful to know that going in. And just take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they have too many of that style right now. Yeah. I I cannot take any more small little black dresses. We have so many. <laughs> and I love them. But we're just, you know, we don't need any more. You know, we yeah. need uh, really cool pieces in those kind of regular sizes. Uh-huh. Um, so when someone who comes in that needs a nice dress and a size 14, I can have that for them. Uh-huh. Um, because there aren't as many, you know, size and people have like real bodies. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. I have a few yeah. questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, which I always, when I listen to podcasts, this is always one of my favorite times in the podcast, but tell us about a recent purchase you made Mm -hmm. and that can be, um, consignment resale, or it can be, you ran down to target or, and then tell us about something that you're looking for a piece that just on your list that you're searching for, looking forward to buying. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Okay. So recently, I just found on Etsy, actually, um, the most perfect uh, little lavender floral uh, 60s piece. It's like a 60s uh, tent dress, and it has a matching belt, and it's like lavender, um, but it has this floral print that's got like bright blues and purples and oranges and yellows and whites. I am obsessed with it, and I... I'm learning how to sew, and so I, it had like very, very large, uh, or very wide shoulder straps, uh-huh. and so I took those in, and then like widened the armholes, and ooh, something I'm looking for, I am always hunting for like vintage matching sets, so like skirt uh-huh. and top, or like blazer and pants, I think... That's really what I want my whole closet to be someday is just like vintage suits. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm, that's what I'm on the hunt for currently. So where would you, um, so you're looking at some of the apps that we talked about and Etsy for something like that? Yeah, um, I love Etsy. I mean, I, I feel like I've said this about like every store and every app, but it's a lot to go through. And so I try to just search on there if I know 
exactly like the decade in the piece I'm looking for, uh-huh. like 70s suits or plaid vintage suit. And then I'll just kind of go through and look at the stores whose like photos I gravitate towards or like uh-huh. the style of the pieces they have. And then I'll follow those. And typically what I'm looking for will like pop up in their inventory. Um, uh-huh. So like even if like a particular seller doesn't have what you need, right then or they had one in the past and now it's sold typically they'll because it's one person curating that selection of pieces they're also looking for those so Uh it'll like pop up eventually yeah keep checking back yeah keep checking back always on depop all the time that's like my favorite nighttime activity is like checking my usual searches there, like uh-huh. floral 60s, <laughs> plaid And you can suit. save your searches there? Yes, yeah. They'll kind of pop up like a Google search, like you'll start typing and it'll show you like your recommended or frequent search terms. Yeah, those are kind of my main two right now. Not so much on the real real. I'm more in a vintage phase currently. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm like not as much concerned with designer pieces, but you can also like you also find some good designer deals on Depop and Etsy. Uh-huh. The only trouble being usually those people know what they have, so they price it uh-huh. correctly. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so you might not be getting as good of a deal as you were hoping. Um yeah. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love the advice of knowing when you find a good deal and just being willing to spontaneously buy something, but then knowing when to wait. Yeah. Cause really, I mean, back to like the Gucci belt example, like there might be a ton available on an app like Depop or on Etsy or on eBay. Um, but people know what they have. And so, I mean, why, like, I'm not going to tell someone to spend over 300 on a piece like that. Yeah. Um, because why you know like just wait (laughs) yeah we had a couple in the store like the larger style that everyone's looking for um we had that priced at like 225 250 if i'm not mistaken um and then we had a thinner one that we had at under 200 and i feel like that's a reasonable price for that product Uh not like dear god please don't buy one new (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i can't imagine spending 500 dollars on a belt that's just um (laughs) nuts to me yeah for sure well thank you so much lauren for being on the podcast today oh my gosh thank you so much for having me And I'll put links on our show notes to the apps that you're talking about. And and really, I'd love to see a picture of that new dress you got from Etsy. Maybe we can throw that up there on the show notes. Yeah. I'm sitting here trying to imagine what it looks like, but I'd love to see It's so pretty. I wore it yesterday. Um, It's, yeah, it's an incredible piece. I can't believe I found it. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Well, I will see you in the store soon. Yeah, please come by anytime. I have, I'll get some new coloring books. We can have like a coloring shopping party with the kids. It'll be great. Yes. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed hearing from Lauren today. Y'all should know, I know nothing about designer clothes and I know very little about vintage. And that's why I was so glad you guys were able to hear from Lauren today. 
If you're in Tulsa, stop by Sobo. I just found a wonderful sweater that I'm wearing today. I have shoes that I love that I got from there. And of course, that famous dress that I love from Sobo. So we are going to take a few weeks off because we've got to get some more episodes recorded for you. Gosh, they snuck up on me. So we're going to be talking next about thrifting and swap. And we have some folks ready to come in and talk about it, but we just got to get them recorded and ready to go. So this week, I am actually going to be over on the Middle of Everything podcast talking about ethical fashion and ethical shopping and just sharing with a new crowd about why we need to care about this topic. So I'm excited for you guys to hear me over there. So instead of our podcast this next week, I will link to the Middle of Everything so you can listen to our friends over there. Okay, guys, we'll see you in a few weeks. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. In the meantime, 